Blessings of the day to you and welcome to the Pragmatic Pagan Podcast, a podcast focused on nature-based witchcraft with a scientific twist. Episodes released weekly, including practical and ritual guides. Thank you to all the listeners who've reached out with personal stories or questions. Please keep them coming. Do you have a spell you want to learn how to do or a specific topic you have questions about? Reach out. I want to share information that you find useful. So leave me a voice message via my Anchor podcast page or find me on social media via Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Check this show's bio for more info. Merry meet all. Hey listeners, this episode I want to address something that comes up fairly often and that a few of you have reached out about. Imposter witch syndrome. You know, the feeling like you aren't witchy enough or that you don't deserve to work with the universe on this elemental level. I want to debunk that right here, right now. I was given permission to anonymously share the experience of a particular listener who reached out, and I think it's a great example of what I often hear. Our listener says, There came a point in my life where I remember I felt like a fraud of a witch. I felt like I didn't know enough to claim to any group and didn't have access to find a coven near me even if it existed. I remembered the day where I actively took my pentacle off because I felt like I didn't deserve to wear it. Being a tarot card witch felt too much like being a Christian that only goes to church on Christmas. I always kept in touch with my faith and used the morals and guidelines to live my life. But when I would read spells and books, I was always discouraged by my lack of experience and tools to help me along. It took me a long time to realize that I don't need all those things to practice my craft. I just need myself. Thank you for sharing your story, and it is so true, the heart of your experience that you carried the morals with you even when you weren't actively practicing means that you, in spirit, you knew where you wanted to be. I'm so glad that your journey led you to rediscover all that you need as well. You. And here's the thing, I hear talk about people having to be born witches, or you have to be a certain lineage. I call lies. We all have this power in us. It isn't something we ask for. It isn't something someone else controls. It is an ability that we were never trained to use. How much we tap into it really determines our level of ability and experience. The more you do something, the better you become. But that doesn't mean it isn't there all the time. It is. Some of us may have families that explored more of those strengths but that doesn't make up for actively engaging with that aspect of yourself. Only you are the judge of how much of a witch you are. In a deity-less practice, there is also no one to shame you for your absence, no penance to be offered. You may find that you shame yourself, but you can make the choice in that moment to engage in shame or to engage in mindfulness. From regretting not practicing to actively practicing, in that moment, by just pausing and being mindful of yourself, the world around you, and the energy that ties it all together. Life gets busy. Things move at a quick pace, and when society isn't shaped around your religious beliefs, it is sometimes hard to find space and time to observe. Lunar cycles are weekly, and one way to think of it is like attending church once a week. 
The day does fluctuate, but each moon phase has a two to three day range. If you miss it or can't find any personal time on those days, just stopping to be mindful under a night sky can be enough. In addition to weekly celebrations, there are the High Holy Days, which, much like bigger Christian holidays, tend to add to the general workload of life since they ask for bigger preparation and often community involvement. Now, depending on your traditions, eight High Holy Days may seem like a lot, so being aware and pacing yourself, selecting ones that you feel a personal connection with, is key. Sowin is often a popular one, so is Yule, especially since they're more widely celebrated in variation among different religious groups. Often the summer solstice is celebrated, both by witches and other communities. A spring celebration is also pretty common. Think Easter or Astara. If you're feeling overwhelmed, I recommend starting by picking four big celebrations to really dig in and get to know, and then adding the others over time as you become accustomed to the ebb and flow. And don't beat yourself up if you don't have perfect traditions or celebrations, or if you celebrate alone versus as part of a coven or a community. It isn't about how elaborate things are. It's about what brings you in tune for that moment. Each cycle through our journey isn't part of a circle. It's part of a spiral, always moving in a cyclical pattern, but never in the exact same location. These celebrations are just keystones, so that we can mark that pattern, see the seasons, be a part of that cycle. Oftentimes, the high holy days will fall in line with the lunar cycles, but other times they are right up against each other, not in line, but it's enough to make it for an exhausting stretch if you try to observe both. Here, I think that if you can observe both, great. If you can combine them, great. If you choose to observe one and not the other, also great. You will notice that the Selene episode was that last episode and that I didn't do one for the following first quarter lunar cycle. That's because I prioritize full and new moons and most of the high holy days, noting that the first and last quarters, but not necessarily celebrating unless it's needed for spell work. Everyone will define what being a witch means. It might mean simple practices. It might mean in-depth, deep spiritual and spell work. It may mean being barefoot in the mud and spending time in the garden. It might be designing and drawing sigils or time spent with animals. It might include a deity or not. It might mean a coven or a singular witch. It might mean daily practices or only seasonal ones or none at all. Sometimes being a witch means being a green witch or a kitchen witch. Maybe you're more into divination or working with the Fae. Maybe you do a lot of dream and astral work. These are all just veins of the same practice, different ways to be in tune with the power inside you and the universe that surrounds us. You define what makes a witch. It is both the power and the weakness of the practice. Power because we are all encouraged to define our practice, but weakness because sometimes we let that define and separate us. I often wonder how many of us there truly are if we were to take away the barriers. There is no box on the census and no way for us to really know. However, I imagine there are more of us than we think. All right, witches, time to pull out that pen and paper. Little daily ways to bring a little witchcraft to your world to help defeat that feeling that maybe you aren't witchy enough. While stirring your tea, coffee, smoothie, focus on the energy you need for your day or in the moment. 
Let each swirl energize your beverage, and with each gulp down you absorb it. All that energy is truly there in whatever you are drinking, but by being mindful of the consumption, we tune into using that energy on a deeper level. When tying your shoes or just slipping into them, pause. Imagine and be grateful for today's journey. Where will those shoes take you? Imagine them charged up with the power to take you where you need to be each step of the way. Before eating, pause. Take a moment to be grateful for the chain of events that brought food to your plate. This does force us to pause and be conscious of the food we put in our bodies. Once we start thinking about how it got there, sometimes it tastes less great than originally hoped for. But take a moment to be grateful for all that was given during that process. Clothing. Embrace your witchy vibe or tie color magic into your wardrobe through clothing color choices, jewelry, hair color, nail polish. You get the drift. General tidying up of your space, a good way to keep up on the cleansing spells. Always just visualizing that cleansing energy sweeping out the dark corners as you go. Morning and bedtime meditations. In the morning, pause. Consider and think through your day. Imagine it going the best that it could be. Think what space you need to be in to make that happen. Spend three to five minutes visualizing, getting yourself in that mental arena. In the evening or for bedtime, this is a time to get away, to step into your astral temple or home, to step away from the physical. Meditate on being at peace, away from the stresses of daily life. Daily divination. Whether you pull tarot or rune, sigil or oracle, and no matter whether you do it in the morning or in the evening, this is a great way to gain additional perspective on your day, a different consideration on how to approach your experiences. I also want to note some of the more daily practical sides of a natural witchy practice, but I want to strongly say that I in no way follow all of these or even engage with all of them. I do my best and that is what I encourage from you. Recycling and being mindful of your waste. How can you make sure your waste is limited to what is necessary? Where can you cut down? Everything from beeswax paper instead of cellophane to cloth handkerchiefs instead of tissues. Purchase products made from recycled materials or use items that can be reused and repurposed. All of these are great options to start cutting down your waste. Knowing a product's origins, food and other, engage with practices that are in tune with your bigger beliefs about the world. Everything from animal products and testing to fair trade and locally sourced. Consider everything you purchase. Where can you make tiny changes that have lasting impact? Remember, in a capitalist society, we vote with our pocketbook. Being mindful of how you engage and interact with humans and the world, tying in energetic awareness and balance. When you are interacting with someone, begin to start tuning into that energy that surrounds you. How does your energy react? Begin to see how you can be a force for good by passing along good vibrations. I know it's silly and cliche, but sometimes a smile or laugh is the easiest way to pass those good feelings along. Pay it forward. Thank you for joining me this week. Please share this podcast with your witchy friends and help spread the word. Be sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons so that we can stay connected. Have questions? Shout out to me on social media. Merry meet, merry part, until we merry meet again.